Hello, and it's so it's a very, very warm welcome to Mr. Bajaj. Um, I don't, he doesn't need any introductions from me. Uh, how are you, sir? And whereabouts in the world are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. And um, right now at home um, in Chandigarh, in Punjab. So things are looking a little bit better, if you can say that. But uh, it just keeps going up and down. I mean, it was looking better a few months ago. Then it went again up. And the same thing, I think, happening in the UK as well. So yeah. we're trying to, write, trying to write it through. And because we know, see, the point is, even if we get the vaccine, I think we'll have to learn to live with it for a couple of years before it gets back to normal. Yeah, it's been, uh, what can you say about 2020? Uh, but like you say, um, it's coming back here in the UK. We're having more restrictions put on. Uh, we just come out of it. Uh, but where I live in Leicester, in fact, we've not, we've not come out of it. We've had some sort of restrictions from the get-go. We've never come out of it. So indeed. Um, how have you been coping? Because this is a question I've asked everybody I've interviewed. It's not been easy. Personally, I found it tough for the first few weeks working from home. And I know you're an energetic person. How's it been exactly. Someone who's playing football all the time and at least he's on the field, if, even if you know he's used to being there in the morning and in the evening. And then when you're locked up in a room, it's a very, very odd thing, especially the, like you said, the first few weeks, it gets, uh, gets to your mind. So uh, as I, what we, I was doing when there was complete lockdown was making sure that I lose a little bit of body fat because I'd uh, grown a little tummy, which had not happened for a long time. And because of this lockdown, it happened for the first time because, you know, I wasn't working at all and just sitting at home. Yeah. But other than that, um, it's been a great learning experience. See, it was now when we, when we I realized that, you know, when we have to learn to live with it, I made sure that two and a half, three months ago, I created a bubble at Minerva and we started testing. So people, the grounds were there, everyone's there, it's about keeping them safe. So if you find a way to do that, or at least try, then you've got a way ahead. And what we did was we tested all the boys who were coming in for paid camps. We kept them in quarantine for a day till the test came out. Once the test came out negative, we shifted them inside. And we've actually done that safely for the last three months now. We've got over 60 campers who have come and paid and they're learning and training every single day, morning, evening. The coaches themselves are tested and we do random testing in the middle. After every two weeks, we pick out four or five kids in the middle and we test them. And wow. till now, everything has worked out fine. That's incredible because even here, as you know, when we have Project Restart with the APL and everything, nobody was allowed in the grounds. Forget about academies. So the point is to do that, it's incredible. I don't think it's a bubble when you have to go from your hotel to the ground. Okay. Unless your hotel is in the ground. It's a bubble when you don't move out. And luckily we have that in Minerva. We have a 20 acre campus. So we've got the gym inside. We've got the pool inside. We've got the field, the mess, the hostels. They're all self-contained. So I can't go and meet, for example, because I live here. I'm outside the bubble, even though I'm tested every two weeks, but I'm outside the bubble. So I can't go meet any of the boys. Only the coaches who are living inside the bubble can coach them. And then there's a special session for people coming from outside that the coaches who are living locally, they go in and they train the boys who come out on a daily basis. So, you know, I mean, it's, it, it is doable, but all it takes is one weak link to break it. And uh, we've had a couple of close calls, but... Uh, nothing to actually alarm us. So we've actually become better doing this. And, you know, if you somehow get the people who are in the bubble to buy in, 
that thing that end of the day if something happens this is going to be called off and all of you are going to be sent home they know what's at stake mm. so um, if they understand the players themselves understand that it's easier to deal with a couple of points though from what you just said and uh, before i turn to um the man himself is the fact that you did this bubble in the academy is that's incredible like i said professional footballers didn't have that until project restart so to do that academy level that shows the commitment see 3 months ago i tweeted i tweeted so do you know what was happening was i saw on twitter that the in the under 16 afc we have uh, australia and we have uzbekistan and we have south korea in our group so all three countries uh, had started training the under 16 teams and india had not even started and that's the only way we can get to the under 17 world cup to qualify if we do well and we get into get out of the four ground and i offered my academy and i gave them this uh, so i said i'll host the team for free the under 16 team and in fact the under 17 world cup for women which is happening in india i said i'll host that team as well for free please come and train in a bubble you'll never find this anywhere in india where you'll find everything in one place and uh, it was and it, was, it would have been very easy for me because at that time 3 months ago everything was empty and we had this huge you know was i i really thought it was a waste so i said you must put it to some good use yeah yeah absolutely so it can be done it, if you are really strict about all your stuff like even being the owner i'm not allowed inside yeah doesn't matter you're allowed inside Yeah, and I totally agree with you about the uh, the bubble is only as strong as its weakest link. I think it was just uh, in the past few days, a coach driver of a football team or a team um, spread the virus, and quite a few players uh, tested positive through the coach driver because they were travelling from the stadium to the hotel. So I totally get that point. And I I heard about that, and then they got the driver off in the middle of the journey when they came to know he's got the. But that was too late by then. Yeah, but. that's an incredible insight to yourself as well and obviously um just to give you my little bit of background um huge indian sports fan i started this project about a year and a half ago got into indian football because that was something new to me living in england obviously i'm surrounded by extremely passionate about my local club but um the the question i always ask when i talk to folks back home is how did you get back in how did you get into football You're doing bloody well, Leicester City hats off, man. The way they, um, I used to when Leicester won it for the first time, and uh, I used to say it. So if Leicester can do it, why can't you? And that was the season when I told my boys, if Leicester can do it, why can't you? And we actually went and did it, and it was the same Leicester story. In fact, our odds were one is to fourteen hundred to win it that year. Let uh, Leicester was still one is to fifty five or something. Five thousand, so, yeah. like for example is the biggest team in india was mohan bagan and mohan bagan's one one player sunny nodey was costing something like 4 crores that's all at that time was almost like a million dollars and my entire team was made from 1.4 crores and that's the entire team including coaches and everything else and it was the lowest budget ever put up and they went and won and win the win the ali yeah and we'll that, talk about that but uh, how did you get into football if you, uh, oh, where where does your interest lie it's been um, and e- england has a great part to play in it I'll all right you. okay so i was uh, i was and 16 started football at the age of 12 13 pretty late in the school team playing nationals got into uh, the santosh trophy team for chandigarh at senior nationals also played for india under 19s oh. and not 
lot of my boys who were with me, um, like Vijayan Singh who played for India and then Sangram Mukherjee who was the fourth keeper and I was the second keeper and um, played in the Asian school games. In fact, where we had a chance, uh, our team, I didn't play that match, but our team lost to South Korea 2-1 and I remember Park Ji Sung playing there, which I came to know later on after five years that that guy is Park Ji Sung. In fact, right. seven of the boys who faced us in the 1998 Asian school games went on to play in the 2002 World Cup, which was held in South Korea, and they came third. Yeah. So, you know, that's the time I started believing that, listen, we lost to them 2-1, and it wasn't that like we were being overawed by them in any way. Mm. So, there is a chance. We can do it. And that's all, you know, when you look at the junior results, you always see that. And there's mm. something which happens from the transition, which is the big problem. And that I'll come to later. But for example, so, I went after that. I went to England. I was in London for three years. Um, there is there was a college then. It's closed down now. There was a college then, which was an affiliate of London School of Economics, London School of Finance and Management. And I was there doing my honors in business management. So you know what all our Indian kids do? They get jobs in McDonald's or something like that. At, four, at that time, it used to be three three twenty or something like that an hour, <laughs> or three sixty or maybe four pounds an hour. Yeah, yeah. And instead of flipping burgers. Let me just be, so I got into being a security guard. And in fact, not on a security guard, I was, okay, I used to be huge uh, in my playing days. And I was, um, I was a door supervisor. So wow, I had a that's door, a tough job. I had five licenses for five different boroughs. So I worked in Equinox. I worked in Cafe de Pari. I worked in, so all the clubs in Leicester Square and I worked all over there. So at the same time, my, the reason I joined this job was because my security company used to supply the security guards for the Premier League matches. All so, right, okay. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm going to get paid to and go and see <laughs> match. That would be wonderful. So, my earliest memories of Highbury, and that's how I fell in love with Arsenal at that time. And in fact, the season of Invincibles, I was right there. Um, some of the matches I was there on the ground, but obviously on TV. So, I became an Arsenal fan. So, I fell in love with the game properly. Then, not even when playing for India, but when I went to England. Uh, at the time I left from here, the Punjab club called JCT Pagwada, which yes. used to be doing well. And they had Baijing Gutia, Carlton Chapman, and you know, the best, best players. And they won the national title. Uh, and that was 1996 or 7, something like that. And I went uh, to England in 1999, and I came back in 2002, 2001. So when I came back, there was no JCT. There was nothing. In fact, North India, North India means Jammu Kashmir, Himachal, Punjab, Haryana, Chandigarh, Delhi, UP, Madhya Pradesh, Bihar, Uttarakhand, and now Jharkhand did not even have one professional football, Orissa, professional football club playing in any other top league, second division, first division, or anything like that. So I thought that the boys are, and we had a lot of Punjabi boys and other boys going out and playing. They were mm. good enough. Mm. But when I came back, I said, okay, let me see. So, got getting fit again, joining football again. At 33, I played the Santosh Trophy again. That means the Senior Nationals. Or Chandigarh. Right. Okay. And, and we did really well. Okay. We we were, we were beat a couple of state teams and we did. Chandigarh normally doesn't city. So, it doesn't normally do well. But we did. And we reached the final rounds. For the Chandigarh was a very big thing. Hmm. And But so, I saw the boys who were playing with me. Um, they were good enough to compete with the best in the country. They just needed a platform. Mm. So I came I came back with this idea, wild idea that let me start a, a football club 
and let's see if I, because I don't have any money. And that was true. That didn't have any money at all. And I wanted to do something for these boys, give them a platform so they can go and play for bigger clubs because they had it in them. I saw it. I was playing with them. Mm. And so that what I couldn't get when I was 18, these guys should get it. And I have a chance to do that. So we started this club called Minerva Academy Football Club in 2015, by the way. And we were a six-a-side football club. Within a year, we graduated from a six-a-side football club by telling our federation, the Chandigarh Football Association. So we asked for something in return for doing well in the senior nationals. That please organize your senior state championship. They had not done it for 14 years. So they did that. We won it. And the rest is history. We got into the second division being state champions. And we thought second division will be the best thing ever for us because we'll get to play with Mohammedan Sporting, the oldest club in India and all that stuff. But that was just the start. Not only we beat everybody, we were runners-up. And just by the stroke of luck, Dempo withdrew yeah, in yeah. protest for the ISL and the entire thing happening. At that time, I was really happy. Now, if you had looked at it, I would have gone and supported them. But that time, I was saying, wow, man, that's a great chance. So we got into the I-League. Yeah. And the very first year of the I-League, my budget was 3.4 crores. Because I listened to all the agents from being second division free, 3.4 crores and a loss of over 2.4 crores and taking a loan by the very first year and being in debt. So the next year when we won the title, it was also a matter of necessity of controlling the budget, not only just a pragmatic decision of just because, you know, we should do it this way. It was also because I didn't have any money. There was no money left. So he was either doing it on that money or shutting the club down. And because I did that and I made sure that I didn't listen to agents and actually looked at all the videos myself and we looked over 400 hours of video, we found five foreigners who had never played in India before. And I thought, okay, okay listen, the guys who are going to come from abroad they know that they'll only get the next season with another club if they do really well. For a yeah. foreigner, it's not that you will get another club unless you do well because they'll get some other foreigner otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know why Indian clubs don't understand that they take the same gisabeta foreigners which are keep on going from one club to the other. Because if he's not good for one club and they leave him, <laughs> trust me, he's going to be good for another club. The difference between all the clubs is not much in India. So that really worked out. And those five guys... There was one boy from Bhutan and he went for trials to Mohan Bagan, East Bengal and nobody even let him enter the ground. Okay, you're from Bhutan, you know, FO. And this boy came to me and he says, I'm the youngest ever scorer for Bhutan. I'm the captain of Bhutan. And I looked at his matches that Bhutan used to get thrashed by Japan 9-0, China 6-1 and sorry, 6-1, 7-1, 9-1 and there used to be that one goal used to always be scored by this Chencho. I said, listen, if he's good enough to score against Korea or Japan or China, and with the team he's playing with, the kind of support he has, with a good team, he will do wonders. And it was just that belief giving him the chance. And he did wonders for us. Same way with this goalkeeper who was the captain of Nepal. So, you know, foreigner for India means, oh my God, you have to get a Gora. Okay, this yeah. Gora fascination there in India. Or Kala. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people are not even regarded. Whereas, Indians are finding it really tough these days to beat Bangladesh, to beat Afghanistan. And mm. trust me, Afghanistan's best player or uh, Bangladesh's best player is equal to India's best player. That means Sunil Chetri or somebody like that. So don't take them in that way that they are from Bangladesh. They should be, it should only be what counts should be football. Same yeah. way in age, same way I believe in age. I don't believe 15 is too young to play in the senior league. And I don't believe 40 is too old to play in the senior league. And that's what we had. We had a 15-year-old boy playing this time. 
and we had a 40 year old man playing this time so it's about how good you are on the field yeah if you're good enough you're old enough yeah absolutely but when you started and when you came back from england and had the big uh, thought that i want to make a difference um if you could t- look back now if you could talk to yourself then would you say yeah go ahead knowing what you had to go through what you've been through there are some moments uh, which football has given me which each moment is worth me going through all the pain i've been through each of really? them so for example that i mean let me give an example for example i'm not talking about titles see titles we won everything we are a club from nowhere we known as the factory because there used to be tata football academy and they produced over 60 players in 10 years mm-hmm. and we produced 162 in the last 5 years and that means 50% of all teams starting from the age under 13 to the senior team have been produced by us so um that is the titles is something which every club will win every year that means there'll be a new champion every year but when you produce players for your country and he goes and scores the whole country celebrates with you so india's first goal in the world cup jackson singh minervan and it will always be india's first goal in the world cup and it will always be jackson of minerva minerva academy who's done that so the feeling i got then was 10 times the feeling i got when uh, i won the i league title really so when when anwar ali scored for india against argentina under 20 and we beat argentina under 20 that mm. feeling is got no comparison to what i won when i won under 13 under 15 under 18 in fact we won the under 15 four times in a row yeah so i saw that i rather see i don't think legacy is built by winning championships mm. legacy is your country onto the map and the only way we can do that is getting us to the world cup and the whole way AFF is working towards it is so fucked up so sorry to use the language no 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 i understand that's what it is for example they have the maximum planning they've done in their lives till now for our country is for four years and they don't have a plan longer than that whereas i keep on telling them that japan in 1950 they mm. had planned 50 years 1970 another 50 year plan so they have 50 year plans that means the guys they are planning about are going to be their grandkids who are going yeah. to probably no play and they're not even been born yet so why because a footballer starts doesn't start playing football at 12 that's when he gets to you he starts to needs to start playing at 4 5 we start too late and by the time i 11 12 years come to our academies we would teach them the basics because they've just been taught everything wrong why because the guys teaching them at the 5 6 years are not coaches they're just people who are just teaching them whatever they want or not even teaching them anything for example the first time i got goalkeeping i was goalkeeper goalkeeping proper lessons from a coach was when i was already in the under 19 indian team i had wow. never got lesson before that it was all on just what i could do by looking at not even youtube videos then so mm. just looking at those and practicing and practicing that's it so the aim was to how do we get india to the world cup and not get to the world cup because i don't like indians always saying we need to participate we should be going for participation certificates man we should be going for doing really really well and dream big of getting into the final because unless you play of reaching the final you never even reach the world cup if that's your aim you got to dream big work towards it even if you miss that aim you'll be somewhere near the aim but if your aim is just getting there so the the misconceptions are indians don't have the genes 
then i tell them that only medals we win in olympics or commonwealth games is in boxing or in wrestling or in weightlifting so which g power and stamina genes are you talking about okay you know indians can't do well in team games look what we are doing in hockey and in fact hockey all the other countries which do well in just this is a very strange stat who does well in hockey in europe spain england germany and they Belgium. holland holland belgium yeah. and they yeah. do well in football same australia south korea japan they all do well in football so if they can do well in football and hockey there's something wrong here they say okay not enough population is playing football bullshit mm. man iceland has a population of 3 lakhs 3 lakh tumhare diwali ke mele pe hote hain that's true i mean you have a durga puja you have more than 3 lakh in the country it's true yeah and then they say no you need a lot of money to win it if that was true then brazil would have never won the world cup mm. so see, all these things are wrong what they need to do is uh, stop trying to make your league that good that you're going to produce a world cup team because that's not going to happen like china did it the wrong way china mm. had the most transfer record in the last 3 years they and they made some money more than the entire european budget man of transfers yeah. they had yeah. they had it and they couldn't even beat india mm. they drew with india so they're not even close to qualifying for the world cup or being the top 4 in asia look at belgium belgium are number 1 in the world they nobody even knows about their league yeah. nobody cares about their league but It's their boys yeah their boys are playing in the best teams in the world so you got to aim for your boys to be playing in the best teams in the world you qualify for the world cup you will do well in the asian cup you will do well so how do we get them there now the reason is not that no matter how good you make your league for example if sunil chetri scores 20 goals or 50 goals in one season in the isl he is not going to be picked up by man city or by barcelona mm-hmm. even if he scores 100 he is still not going to be picked up but if my boy who's been training with me from 5 to 10 so at the age of 10 he goes and plays against all spanish under 10 sides barcelona and he plays against hotman all those uh, real madrid and all those boys at 11 he goes and plays against all the french teams at 12 he goes and plays against all the german teams 14 13 england teams so aim is that if he starts scoring against barcelona and then next year southampton and next year bayern munich by the age of 14 he'll be picked up by a world class academy and then he has a chance of making it into the uh, premier league side if you think you actually going to make a transfer from a mohan bagan to a real madrid it's never going to happen mm. that's thing is they investing money all on the top and that's never go- it's going to and that's what's been done since the beginning of football in india money is only going to the top and it's just talent which is coming out without any training because we don't need one minerva we need 100 minervas if we need to do it that means you need to have 100 residential academies which have a campus like this which can give a choice of at least 1000 kids i mean mm. it's very strange that if i've given 160 probably in the last 5 years i've had around 400 that means one in two of my students has made it in the indian team so it can't be that you know that i am doing something so much different that they're making it is something that they are fucking up so badly mm. that's why this is That, that, that's an incredible insight into your views in terms of how we get there and i totally get it from what you're saying it yeah and i agree with it actually to be fair to you that the pyramid is built from the bottom not from the top on, upwards so i i understand that and uh, but what comes across with your passion and um, your love of the game and wanting india to do well is how 
did you get to the stage of building your academy to the level it is where it's producing so many national players? Because that's not an easy thing to do. So from day one, um, I took a very conscious decision that uh, I don't want to be going and buying players from outside. I want to be producing my own players, even if it takes three, four years. So when I started, I, I being honest with you, even I had a three, four year plan because I didn't know if I lost. Mm. But what I did was I spent 50% of my budget every single year on my academy. 50%. People do 5%, 7%, max 10%. 50% was there. And what that did was the very first year, we yes, we were runners-up in the uh, second division, but we were also the national under-15 champions the very first year. The very first year, we focused on the youth as much as then. The next year, we won the under-15s again when we were in the I-League. We came ninth in the seniors, but we won the under-15s. The third year, we won the under-13, the under-15, the under-18 and the yeah. seniors. Yeah. One year, we won everything. everything. Next year, we won the under-15 again. So, it was not an under-15, we're winning it four years in a row. That means it's not the same boys. You're getting new boys, yeah. new team time and they're winning it. So, why I want... So, I rank my junior titles higher than my I-League title. Wow. Why? Because in, in the I-League, you only play against I-League clubs. In the junior leagues, you play against all ISL academies, I-League clubs, academies, everything. So, the kind of budget the ISL clubs were putting in, they were putting in a crore in one junior team. And they had A and Pro licenses even for their junior under-13 teams. Fighting against them and beating them was the biggest satisfaction because showing that what we are doing is right and our development way is right. And then repeating it. See, um, me being the biggest critic of AIFF, it's not easy to do anything in India in football. So, they they make sure. So, that's, so, these seven titles mean more. Why? Because it's in spite and despite of me being the biggest critic of AIF. So, they make sure <laughs> I don't win it. Do they, do they get worried when you turn up to meetings? Oh, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> they, must be, they must be waiting when they get the RSVP. Do you think Mr. Pajori is going to come to this meeting? They hate the sight of you, bro. <laughs> but one thing, you know, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because, like I said, uh, I don't take much into reading articles unless there's quotes directly from you or, you know, your Twitter feed. And I, I get that. But this is the first time I've met, uh, spoken to you. And I, I, I get it. I don't know if you understand when I say I get it, the where you're coming from and what your theories are around how to get to the level we think India deserves to be. Do you think sometimes, you know, because you've got this much passion, this much commitment, that you're perceived or you don't care about how you're perceived because, you know. See, the point is, um, I know, see, when I know I'm going to be standing up for the truth, mm. then I have a different kind of confidence. And I have a track record that I have never, ever till now been proven wrong. That means if I've said something, it's never been false. I've never been lying about it. And it's always come from a place which has got nothing to do with personal profit, ever. So the reason oh, I no. was in it... Well, this is what I was... Yeah, thank you, Pan, for interrupting. But you can tell nobody goes into football and makes the commitment you have through your academy to make money. Exactly. exactly. So uh, I think people understand that and they know that. But uh, you've got all these bots. For the people who I'm speaking against, they're very powerful. And they have got, a, for example, Reliance and... FSDL. Now, this is the very strange thing that our country doesn't, these big clubs who are investing crores and crores don't understand that they're going to get screwed. 
Why? Because the you see, tell I mean, forget about even if you want to see franchise-based clubs, look at MLS. Okay, they okay. Let them do that, or look at all other leagues. The maximum money a league gets is from the broadcaster, mm-hmm. which is shared then from the clubs. That's how clubs do well. Mm-hmm. Maximum money is there. So in India, the broadcaster owns the league. Star Sports owns thirty-five percent of the league. The rest is owned by sixty-five percent by FSDL. So all the decisions which are going to be made are going to be made from a very commercial point of view for the benefits of the broadcaster and the body which owns that thing, not for the good of football ever. So India is going to be the only country where the top league of the country is going to be owned by a private company by one the person, federation. not the federation. So federation has no control over our top league, which is I find it really really strange, and that's why. the number of conflicts of interest which are there on a daily basis in the ISL are so many for example they don't let the coach indian national coach select boys from outside the ISL so now let's see what you're giving him to select each indian team i mean each team can play five indians and forget the goalkeeper five indians five foreigners so you've got 10 teams you've got 50 indians he can choose from the ones who got game time will be selected obviously so 50 indians and he calls 35 of them for the national camp Mm-hmm. I mean, what kind of what kind of choice? I mean, country. You keep on saying, "Oh my God, 1.5 billion can't produce a team." No, 50 people can't produce a good team. Yeah. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. They're not giving everyone a chance. But see, if it was a different thing in pre-season or in Super Cup, I League teams would get thrashed by the ISL clubs five nil, six nil, seven nil. There's a class difference, but there is not. The kind of Indians who are playing in I League are equal to the Indians playing there because what they're hundred Indians, man. There's not mm. much of a difference there, mm. and you have to give the coach at least forget hundred. If you give him a choice of at least one thousand Indians to choose from, and that mm. can only happen when there are twenty teams. See, they say we want to compete with Iran or South Korea or Japan. You can't compete with those countries unless you play as much football minimum as they play. They footballers play forty-six matches, forty-five matches a year. You play twenty matches a year. So how are you going to compete with them? And then they say we can't do that. They're not enough clubs. They are. You're trying to kill the other league. So this is the first time I've seen the federation is trying to kill its own baby in trying to promote somebody else's baby, who they have no control over. So they don't understand. See, for example, what IPL is doing for Indian cricket is brilliant. Mm. Why? Because the, all the money is being earned by BCCI, mm. and they're not yeah. body who can in his pocket who have to invest it back in the game. For example, in Kollapur, which is right next to Mohali, and in Mohali, and in very every district, every district ground has a super soccer, which costs two crore rupees. Because every district gets a grant of five crores a year, because that's five thousand crores is being distributed amongst. And so earlier there used to be questions: Where are we going to get the next Sachin Tendulkar? No one asks that anymore. No one asks. No one is asking where are we going to get the next Virat Kohli. Why? Because there are hundreds. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Something. I, I do a weekly IPL show, and um, the no, the number of young Indian talent. And I was just saying, yes, on this week's show, that we are talking more about our young Indian talent okay. compared to three, four years ago when we were talking about the big foreign signs. Exactly. For example, uh, uh, I don't know if you know this. I also have a cricket academy. Oh, I all right, know. okay. But I was into cricket from two thousand five, two thousand three, two thousand five. and i was also playing under 19 state for punjab and all the stuff i was into cricket but i was with the bcci and with the pca and i did 
21 one days and seven test matches as the manager of the Indian senior cricket team. Right. And I've served under three different captains. from, the, And I was the youngest ever manager. I was the manager at 21 and at 24, 27, 28. I've served under Azruddin, Tindulkar and Ganguly. And now, then I have a cricket academy. Our club, cricket club, plays in all the big tournaments against... So, these corporate tournaments like Reliance is known... Uh, Mumbai is known as Reliance in the corporate world, in the corporate tournaments. Um, the CSK is known as India Cements. So, yeah. these come as these, these teams. Same teams come. So, we are Minerva Academy. And we, are, we play in the same tournaments where Reliance plays. So, the kind of boys... This year, we've got 14 boys playing in the IPL. I don't know if you know that. Shubman yeah. Gill is a boy who's been playing for my club since the age of 15. Uh, see, that's what I'm saying. Cricket does not need support in this country. Yes. That's why... But if you... Also, I was going to say, cricket has laid the template, like you said earlier. The BCCI has created the template for the Federation to follow. In football. Why? Because the money is not going to go to AIFF. It's going to go to a private company. So if they earn 50,000 crores after mm. 10 years from Indian football, they're not, they not going to be liable to put 50,000 in. They might just put 5,000 and keep 45,000. I mean, they're not, bottom line is not going to be for Indian development, for Indian football, ever. And that's always the, in the corporate, in, when you commercialize something and then your aims become different, totally. Just playing the devil's advocate, just yeah, for the yeah, sake no, of it. Um, I, you know, when the ISL was created, and we know uh, the uh, the federation till then ha had hardly done anything. Yes, they'd created National Football League, turned into the I League, but they weren't investing in it to promote it, to build it up. So when the FSDL Reliance came in, do you think there was an alternative? Because there was no money coming into the, the sport. There was no alternative, but they shouldn't have sold it to them. For example, the league should have always belonged to AIFF. My right. problem the league doesn't belong to them anymore. Mm. And okay, when it doesn't belong to them, then you can't make it the top league of the country, which from where you qualify for the Champions League or for the uh, AFC Cup. Mm. Because that, see, the, how can the IPL be owned by a private company? The same way ISL should not be owned by a private company. As long as this was inevitable, it had to be done. ISL coming in, being honest with you, has changed the professionalism level in India which was kind of amateurish earlier on and it's yeah. made it professional. Yeah. For example, the standards of uh, infrastructure and the TV coverage we get, everything else we get is comparable to the Premier League. I'm not talking about the football level, I'm talking about everything That's around the it. Coverage, yeah. Premier League. Great. But if they had done the same thing by including the 10 IE clubs, they had a ready-made product given from year one. So suppose they said, okay, these 10 franchises plus these 10 IE clubs, including Mohan Bagan and East Bengal, which they've been fighting to get for the last five years. Mm. And imagine they would have had the, country, the support of the entire country. What they tried to do was sneak it in. So Praful Patel, where five years ago, said, this is going to be a 40-day tournament and I-League is going to be the top league of the country. Mm. And I have a video which I keep on retweeting and he kept, yeah. I said it clearly. Mm. And at that time, he, he knew it's not the case because he had signed a contract five years before that saying the opposite that this is going to, ISL is going to be the top league. So he was misleading the public, which, which is the thing I was fighting for. So if you had just told us that this is the way to go, okay, even if you had said, okay, you guys are going to be second division, and I've been saying it again and again, you put us in second division, but have promotion and release. Promotion, yeah. Yes, 
See, you can't say that you're not rich enough to play in the top league. Football is a game of merit. Okay, so the Leicester Leicester could have never happened. Greece could have never happened. FC Porto could have never happened if it's all about money. You mm. can't do this. You can't say that you're not rich enough to play in my league, even if you're good enough. For example, we, uh, in I played four matches against Bangalore, and I have beaten them on three occasions and lost on one occasion. So, what does that prove? Yeah, and it's not about the money. For me, it's all the I League clubs with all the ISL clubs. They've had very, very decent scores. So, if we imagine if they had done that and put all of us together, this league would have been ten years ahead of where it's going to be now. And promotion and relegation. Now, what happens now? What's how it's affecting the Indian team? Yes, the number one, the half the number of people are there for selection. But now the people playing in the ISL, they don't have any guts. They don't have any balls. Why? Because they can't handle pressure. You'll see in Indian international tournaments, we India will do very well in all. Doesn't matter you play against any country, we'll do well in the first match. Second match, third match, we get screwed. Why? Yeah. They can't handle the pressure because there's no there is no relegation, there is no promotion. Top three clubs keep on fighting for the titles. After the five first five matches, you have to see the standard of football. What happens in the ISL? They just don't want to get injured because they know nothing's going to happen. Again, playing the devil's advocate here, and I, I. Totally agreed that you can't have a franchise base, no relegation, because that's not what I'm used to. And I find it really unusual. Yeah, I get the American um, examples where they are in that system for all of their sports. Clubs there. In the MLS, you've got enough clubs. Yeah, They're getting yeah. 25 matches. You yeah. can't say 10 clubs. Yeah. And because there are not enough other rich people to come and join in, we'll mm. wait for rich people to come and join in two by a year. So after maybe 20, 10 years, we'll have 20 clubs. That means for 10 years, there'll be no Indian football development. Unless this promotion and relegation, you have to see. they All the clubs in the ISL are very big clubs. Mm -hmm. So what are they? They are buying clubs or selling clubs? They're all buying clubs. Who are they going to buy from? Who's going to produce these players? Mm -hmm. That's going to be the clubs like us. Yeah. So unless playing in the same league as them, those players which they buy from us are not going to be as good to play there. So mm -hmm. by doing this and having only buying clubs and big clubs, suppose you have 10 big clubs, they've all got the money to buy. Nobody will be uh, wanting to produce their players. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a system where you have small clubs and big clubs and that's why a league does well. Because yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's how players become better and better and go higher and higher. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. And... Um... I'm, can I be honest with you and say I'm surprised I'm agreeing with you so much because you know I, I, like I said I don't believe in what I've read or whatever but um, you know to get the full picture and full outlook that you have yeah, you've all got to talk to the person though. no absolutely 100% yeah I said that from the get go you know I don't buy into that that's why it's so good to speak to you and I it just seems that sometimes uh, well this is me as a person but maybe others as well would have given up but yeah. you just, you know, you take the punches, you take the brickbats, and you, you what you believe in. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm going to put my neck on the line here. And I agree with what your sentiments are in terms of how to build football and the sport in India. You need a bigger club, a bigger season, more players, more Indian players to give that uh, competition and selection for a national team. The main thing is exposure. So for them, exposure is... Let's suppose the AFC Cup is coming up or the Under-15 Cup is coming up, 17 World Cup is coming up. Okay, what's your budget? You've got a 20 crore budget. Okay, let's do 
let's do a foreign tour with 20 countries. So they send them for six months for 20 countries. That's not exposure. Exposure mm. is sending them every single year to one country. Good enough. But every single year. Mm. You can't get that experience just because you send them together for 20 countries. Mm. So they're... Again, you've got the template with the BCCI you sent the 18. Now, if they want to make their product better, that means the top league of the country, which they say it's our product and we're going to make it the world class. It's only going to become world class when the football level becomes world class. And that's only going to happen when you start producing better players. So it's a very big vicious circle. They have to understand for their... See, the value of uh, Mumbai City is not going to cross the value of Man City unless the players of Mumbai City are as good as the players of Man City. And how's that going to happen? That's only going to happen when you spend money on the bloody grassroots development and juniors. Mm. How do you you rate some of these ISL academies? I think they're crap. Why? Because till last year, except, I'll tell you, except Bengaluru, who have been doing a good job again, because they have an entire city called Bellary, which is a sports city. So they have, again, a residential place. So the whole year round. Mm-hmm. And Jamshedpur, why? Because they used to be Tata Football Academy. But sadly, Jamshedpur has not produced any international players since the time uh, Tata Football Academy has not produced any international players since the time Jamshedpur became an ISL club. That means all the budget was basically taken away from TFA and given to Jamshedpur, the ISL club. Mm-hmm. And now they're not even doing well in the ISL or in the junior leagues. They don't even qualify for the main rounds. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Unless you have residential academies where players are training on a daily basis and not called two months before the tournament so that they can fulfill the accreditation process. Right now, it's just a tick mark in the accreditation process. And if, see, the Indian law, Indian rule for AIFF is now that you have to play two developmental players. Again, now see, such a big paradox. What do you mean by developmental players? Players developed by who? By yourself. You can't call some buy players from outside and say that they're my developmental players. Uh-huh. So then you don't let them, those same players, if they had played against you for two years and you buy them, they would be of a better standard. If they're playing in a league lower than you and you buy it from that league, it'll take them two years just to adjust to your league standard. Mm-hmm. So developmental players, if they make it a compulsory rule that every ISL team has to have two players in their team uh-huh. starting right, that they have to be producing from your own academy. Mm-hmm. that they will spend at least 10% of their budget and look at our developmental, you will see it, our development go up like this. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you made it compulsory. Right now, they, uh, I believe the Indian women can actually make the World Cup faster than the men. Yeah, yeah, I believe because that. The Indian women are beating countries like Afghanistan and South, uh, the, um, Sri Lanka and Pakistan, seven, you know, thrashing them the way we yeah. should be. Mm-hmm. And they're competing their 7-8th in Asia, so they have a chance. And we're not spending any money on them at all. So this year they came out with this that, uh, you know, women's, every team should have a women's team. But they didn't make it compulsory. And that's Mm. what, again, see an eyewash. Because that's the way it was. It wasn't compulsory earlier also. And now also it's not compulsory. So what's the change? Unless you make it compulsory for every ISL club or I-League club to have a women's team and make them have a full season, Indian women's football is not going to develop. And you're having the Under-17 World Cup here you don't even have under-17 club teams. Yeah. So how yeah. are you expecting to do well in that World Cup? Mm. If the only way you're going to, you are happy in qualifying every time for these World Cups is by hosting the hosting. event. Yeah. Study the World Cup and probably get thrashed at home. 
can I? You don't have to answer this because it might be, um, you know, well, too much. I'm answering everything. I'm like, no, no, no. It's sometimes, sometimes it's a business related. But you, you mentioned the fact that you know ISL clubs are taking um, uh, development players from academies such as yourself, counting as their own development players. When you sell those players, do you generate enough income, or do you have buy uh, forward uh, clauses in their contracts as they progress? You can get a percentage. See, people didn't realize. Now they understand, but at the time when I was investing 50% of my budget into the juniors, it was because it was going to be a revenue stream in three different ways for me. One, some of those players were going to be a part of my senior team. So my budget was going to be much less. Second, some of them were going to give me exposure on the social media by playing for India and I'll get sponsors because of that. Third, I'll be able to sell those players later. So they used to be getting... 25, I was the only Indian club, by the way, to get this. 25 to 30% of my budget was coming from selling my players every year. And I was one of the biggest sellers. And I used to sell my biggest stars. Why? Because even if I have a contract with a player for five years, he knows with me that moment he gets a better offer, I'll let him go. The whole reason for me being here is to make them go ahead and not be winning titles because I've done that. I've been there. The whole point is get India better. So, uh, for example, uh, Jackson Singh, was sold for 30 lakhs. Anwar Ali, 30 lakhs. Nong, 20 lakhs. So imagine, the, and these three players were sold together. So 80 lakhs I made from here and my entire budget that year was probably 2, 2.2. So I made almost 40% of my budget just from the sale of these players. Mm. Now, the why I picked up the Apollo sponsorship, we were the only club in India, in the I League, to have picked up a five-year deal from Apollo Tires. Why? Because Jackson Singh scored in the World Cup. And the owner of Apollo, who was in London, uh, Kanwar, he saw that goal and somebody tweeted to him that, why don't you sponsor this academy? Because they are looking for funds. And he said, let's go ahead with it. And that's from, from that is where, so it's my junior boys who got me the sponsorship, not my senior boys. Mm -hmm. And then next year, we won the I-League champions. We were not the I-League champion before we got the sponsorship. Mm -hmm. So it was the ninth and we got the sponsorship. So it was a way to prove to everybody that if you have this model and you have it, it's a win-win it's for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Especially for people of that area. I mean, the entire North area knows that they don't have to go far. If they're good enough, they, you will get a platform and you will make it. Mm -hmm. And 50% of our players, when they don't have a local club, they take up some other sport or take up a job. I mean, Mr. Bajaj, I could go on talking to you for ages and we've just spoken about something that I could carry on talking about you because I wanted to talk to you about the roadmap, what you think of it. But if you were to say in a few words, I know what you think that the long-term planning isn't there. The infrastructure at the moment isn't there. Um, what do you think of the roadmap that supposedly the I-League, the ISL have come together to um, put together? See, the roadmap is great if they follow it. Okay. Are you got that? Yes, I do. I have serious doubts because what they did this year. So somehow with technicalities, yeah. this the, the winner of uh, I-League didn't get the AFC spot. So all three spots with technicalities have gone to the ISL, the AFC Cup, the AFC Champions League and the AFC qualifiers, which was supposed to come to us. Then now with Mohan Bagan and East Bengal going there, the actual uh, commercial sense of getting an I-League club for them makes no sense at all. So if you actually look at it commercially and all their decisions have been based commercial. only on commercials, mm. that's why I'm scared. 
that maybe they change, what if they change their mind after three years? Because now, by the way, they are such powerful people involved that they control not only AFF, they control AFC, FIFA. I mean, Qatar got the World Cup now. Come on. So. Yeah, let's not open that can of worms. Um, that's even, <laughs> even for my show, that might uh, kill it. Uh, but uh, in terms of um, yourself and your passion, that has absolutely come across. As an owner, how difficult is it to stay away from the nitty-gritty of the first team? Because you're so passionate about so many things. I don't know how you spend your time because you want your academy to work, you want your senior team. And then obviously when your senior team players... I was a very accidental owner. All this happened very fast without any planning. The entire journey, uh, even though it's been great and to the top very fast, but it's been very accidental starting. I was a football player and overnight playing Santosh Trophy, became a club owner, second division, and we were there. So, I didn't even know when I stopped playing and I became a club owner. That's why the connect with my players is something, that's why I'm always the manager in the team and I love setting up ice baths for them, love putting the shoes out, love doing all that because I consider myself still a player. I don't see myself as an owner. And that's why I always take up young coaches and not take up established coaches. I take up young Indian coaches. Because we got to make sure that unless we have Indian coaches who get game time, India is not going to go far. You can't see the moment you can get a Gora for um, for your club side, okay? Because half the people are foreigners, and probably the foreigners are the ones who need to be more man managed. But for Indian side, unless you get a good Indian, you the, the you see what they don't give enough time for, for probably if Igor Stimak is going to be here for a year after next year, he's going to be another coach and then another coach. You got if you got to get a foreigner, you got to give him time. Because it's going to take him one year just to get into the heads of the Indians. Yeah. You open up to anyone normally, especially the players. So, I believe that, uh, see the whole, I, I believe that if moment we get into the Pandora's box of uh, having an ego with the ISL and I-League, which are realized, we are doing a disservice to Indian football. See, I, I, I don't want to be fighting the battle which is against ISL. I'm not against ISL. I am for Indian football. So if, and it's not about my club, even I told them from the very beginning, you have three divisions, have four divisions, put us in the fourth division, but have promotion and relegation. Mm, mm, so that mm. club starting football right now has a dream of getting there one day. So unless you have, st your state leagues need to be as good as fourth divisions because they are going to be getting the teams into the third division and second and the first division. So, you've got to promote, there's 20 states in India out of 29 which don't have a state league, including Uttar Pradesh. Uttar Pradesh population is more than Brazil. Mm. See uh, the number I didn't know it didn't have a state league until you just told me. They don't have a state league. They don't have a senior state league. Forget about juniors. Senior state league, they don't have. Wow. There's never a professional football club from Uttar Pradesh. Uttar Pradesh. So, 30 wow. crore people without a club. Uttarkhand, Himachal and uh, Haryana. Where does, does the buck stop with that? Is it states or the federation, national federation? Because what the federation has done, unfortunately, have put their cronies, the ones who will vote for them next time. So they don't care if they develop football. There are no standards which they have kept. It's their guy. So next time in the votes, he'll make sure he comes and votes for you and you're president in the secretary again. And that's what's been happening in all sports in India. And the moment it didn't happen in BCCI and they took the actual approach, it started changing. Mm. So, unless we, the sports is actually run by sportsmen and the ones who also got admin knowledge, not just sportsmen, the ones, sportsmen who have admin knowledge, 
we will never do well. We'll never be there. Yeah, as an outsider, uh, like I said, passionate about India and uh, Indian sports, uh, this is one thing that surprises me, uh, that there has to be a politician at the head of each federation. And the uh, reasoning sometimes is that you need a politician for his influence. You, you, you want to get the World Cups, but see how much you want to develop your country by getting a under-17 World Cup, unless you follow up on those boys. Now, those boys were given foreign tours then. After the World Cup ended, nobody talked about them. They got into I-League clubs. In fact, they should have been given more foreign tours. Why? Because most of them are going to be in the Indian national team. And if you develop players from 70 to 21, they would have become something. So you develop them for one year just because you want to showpiece them in the World Cup. And that's what's happening for the girls. Under-17 girls were picked up this year, six months before the World Cup. Before that, no one even knew them. They had not even played a state league. So that's not... How, and, and what happens is, the entire budget we get for football is spent in these showcase events. Whereas mm. instead of spending that budget in development. Yeah. And why? Because it's commercial interest. And they <laughs> want to be in front of the Prime Minister next. Doesn't matter. So they see, football is a way that no matter or all sports associations are a way that even if you're in power or not in power, you will be in some page of the newspaper next to one of the most important people. Simple. Two very, uh, one serious in the sense that you mentioned him a couple of times was Anwar Ali. Really sad that he's having to take, um, uh, I don't know if you know any insights, but I just read about it just the, the other day by chance that there's a player that's been advised he can't play but wants to play. 17 World Cup stars from my academy. Yeah. He played all the matches for India. How is the young man? Uh, he's, he's fine. He's back with me in the academy. All in right. fact, he's, yeah, he's back with me now. Um, because his club didn't, so the court uh, ruled in our favour that it's on the club and the boys' decision to make. But the club got into AFF's thing and sent him back. Now we've got a meeting with the AFF online uh, with their medical committee. And probably you'll hear great news because um, I've got some proof from Premier Leagues uh, abroad, from European Leagues where the same kind of people with worse conditions, the same Hockham condition have been allowed to play. And the, the main thing was that in India, there's no medical screening for professional players, which is recommended by FIFA every single year. You yeah. have to get a screening every year. So they don't do it. So this was just by chance. He, so that's why he's the first Indian ever to have been banned. Uh, there's a guy called Anwar Ali Senior who played for my team, who's played yeah. for India. And he had a heart attack when uh, in 2016. And there was no medical committee formed. And after that, he started playing again. And he's still playing. Yeah. Same way with Dipitu Biswas, who's now with Mohammed Sporting as a secretary. He went and played for Mohan Bagan and played 250 matches. 250 goals he scored for Mohan Bagan after being diagnosed at a career of 15 years. So you can't have a blanket ban and you have to actually go into the personal's medical condition and take him to the best sports cardiologist. You can't take him to a normal cardiologist and say whether he's okay. That yeah. guy should have seen hundred conditions like him mm. in sportsmen because mm. apparently the condition he has is also known as the athlete's heart that if you okay. train from a young age you mm. get a left ventricle which does not always result in SCD which is sudden cardiac arrest mm. so um, the whole point is getting the right medical opinion obviously we want him safe but the point is if other people are being allowed with this condition to play, that means if Europe is allowing, then I don't think there should be a problem with AIFF to be allowing him to play. Well, when I, read, no, I was just going to say, when I read about his story, I really felt sorry for the young man, but I wasn't aware that you were also supporting him, but that is incredible. 
I brought him from a place he lived. He used to live next to a railway line, and his father and he used to graze cattle. His mother and sister still go outside to relieve themselves. They don't even have a proper bathroom. So this was his way out of money. So he's been playing now in my academy for seven years, and he played for one years in the Indian Arrow. And then after that, this was going to be his first year in the ISL, making going to be making serious money, and this happened. That was, uh, you know, it's like the worst thing for him. He says, "I mean, I can't stop because he's not educated, mm-hmm. and he can't become a coach." They keep on saying, "Make him a coach." He can't become a coach. You know, he says, "I'll play." uh cape matches cape matches in calcutta you know bet matches where you get 1000 rupees an hour so if you if you do that the chances of him dying there yeah. are sometimes higher and he's yeah. not going to stop because he can't go to an alternate career because there is nothing for him because for 8 years he's been playing for india by the way for under from under 13 till now under 22 he's been playing for india mm. and if they had actually educated him because he wasn't with me when he's in the india camps he's always there so if they had educated him while making him play for india then asking him to take up coaching is a different thing mm. but keeping him with you for 8 years and making him play football with no education and then saying be, be a coach well to be honest fair play to you and kudos to you for backing him and supporting him in this tough time because that's the time when you know who your friends and um mentors are so um that's incredible what you're doing you always have my support is my boy um but also the big question for me was and it's just re- that question's been reinforced now is that with so much passion so much commitment so much love for the game why did you walk away well not walk away from your baby which is minara it was it was very easy why really? was it very it was very easy see what the when i had already decided and i had decided about this world cup 2034 batch uh one and a half years ago because I selected the boys and the boys were already in the academy who were 5 6 and 7 from all over india so the the focus of my quest changed it was getting india to the world cup now um second thing was i had taken minerva punjab as far as i could have taken them because for getting into the isl apparently you needed to have lots and lots of money which i did not simple as that so even if i would have won the i league i would have which i did I would have still been playing in the same league, but if I got relegated, I go down to the third division. Okay, that's a very yeah, strange. Yeah, yeah. Go up, just go down. So this guy who's from uh, California and from Punjab, uh, software engineer, he came back to me. He says, "I want to give it, give back to Punjab, and I want to make sure Punjab FC reaches the top level." And he showed me a plan which he's already started implementing, and it was true. He was going to invest four fifty-five crores, and that's that's a huge amount. which no isl club has invested till today on just the grounds and the development and the facility so if we have that kind of facility which is talking about and which is actually on it, it punjab will have probably the best facility in the whole country and why because they wanted a platform for their under 13 15 18 teams to go on to and i had no problem because all i had to sell was the name punjab fc and i knew that if i want to get there again i'll get there i don't want being honest with you i don't want to be in the i league now being uh, no mohan bagan no east bengal so guaranteed the broadcast will be even worse there'll be no sponsors there'll be no trps this year as it is and next year there'll be no crowds so the point of playing in the i league becomes very pointless whereas if somebody is going to be even taking it further i mean see we have babies and we educate them and then we let them go and say become better we don't hold on to them because we love them so much it's not an easy decision 
No, it, see, if I was going to stop, now mm-hmm. I have my chance to show the whole world it's not a fluke. I didn't mm-hmm. just make and win the state league, second division and high league like that. I'm going to show them again. I've got a new journey with a new club from Himachal, which has never had a professional club. And a new club from Delhi, which I bought both of them, Delhi FC. So you didn't yes. know that, okay? No, I spoke, I spoke to the group that you're working with at Delhi. Um, I spoke to them about uh, the Dynamos um, and their supporters club. And they told me about uh, Delhi FC. Exactly. So they were the fans of Delhi Dynamos. Yeah. And now Ultras, okay? And they've yeah. converted, converted. Imagine I've converted Ultras, man. The, the incredible ultras. bunch of people. Yeah, great. Brilliant, man. And but I love To them. have your backing, that's awesome. Yes, and they have my backing because they're part of the management now. I said, I want this to be a fan-based club. So you're going to be part of every decision you make. So you're never going to feel that this club is not your club. So they are now working for me there and they are now, you know, and every day they come up with something which is so brilliant because I would have never thought it because they belong to the city. And yeah, that's I, how you make- I was so okay. impressed by uh, what they were sharing in terms of their social platform, their commitment to the community. And for me as an outsider, I couldn't believe our capital city doesn't have a professional football team. But then you told me about Northern India not having one. People are asking for the next Sunil Chetri. The Sunil Chetri for the first time was spotted in the Delhi Senior League. And the league is almost non-existent right now. So that's why Delhi FC and Himachal. With Himachal, I plan to work on the women's team. In All Delhi right. FC, I plan to do, uh, win the senior state division, get into the second division, get win the second division, get into the I-League. So the aim is to get into the I-League by 2024-25 when they wow. promise there's going to be promotion relegation without paying them anything. So the wow. whole plan is in the next three years, I get there when it's time to get promoted, not before. Fantastic. Amazing. I'll tell you why um, I think ISL is always never going to think for the country and is always going to think for itself. Because Mm -hmm. the way they were selfish in letting seven foreigners play. They've destroyed Indian football. Why? See, when you have seven foreigners in a team, the entire core is meant for foreigners. That means the two centre-backs, two midfielders, two strikers. The only place you have left for is the wingers and the right-back, left-backs and probably a midfielder. That's what's happening in Indian football. And then Uh, they ask the question, why can't we score goals? Where's the, where's the next Sunil Chetri going to come yeah, from? Yeah. Never going to come because you never give him game time. Manveer Singh, who's supposed to be the next striker after Indian of Sunil Chetri, the level is this much difference. But he used to be with me in my second division team. The amount of game time he got with me in second division as an 18-year-old, that's the amount of game time he's got for the next four years in FC Goa. And then when they play him for 14 minutes in a match and then they expect him to go and score for India and be the next Sunil Chetri, it's not going to happen. So, you have to have this, follow the 3 plus 1 rule, which the entire Asian community is following. That means AFC, 3 foreigners plus 1 Asian. Because that makes sure that either you'll have 2 centre-backs and then you'll have a space for a striker. Or if you have 1 foreign centre-back, then you'll have a space for a 1 centre-back. Nowadays, can you believe it? When Indian Indians come to me earlier, 5 years ago, 70% wanted to become strikers. Why? Because they're the biggest stars. I would say one in ten now want to ever come up and appear as a striker because they know even Great. if I'm the I'll never get a chance. What's the point? They I won't get the win. game time. Yeah, absolutely. But that also applies, uh, which is something new to me as well. That Indian coaches don't have the badge or the qualification to become a ISL. That was again. See, um, two years ago I tweeted that how can ISL be racist towards Indian Indians <laughs> in India? So you're being racist towards Indians in India. The rule was two years ago 
that an Indian, even if he has the same qualifications as a as a foreign coach, he cannot be the head coach. And that was bloody racist. Oh. And I and now last year they came up with this rule. Okay, now Indians can be head coaches, but they need two years of experience under a head coach of an ISL team before that. So they made sure at least for the next two years we don't have an Indian head coach. Even though, even if he has the same qualifications, we have mm. 10 pro licenses who are now working as assistants to the foreigner coach, foreign coaches. Uh, I and don't get that rule. It goes back to what you said earlier. You can have uh, a million players, but you need just as many coaches, good coaches, to bring them forward. I agree with that. This is my other, other question. Um, AFF is trying to uh, earn money from coaches. Their way of earning money is by making coaching licenses so fucking expensive that it's impossible to get. That means a D license costs around 30 grand to get, but the salary for a D license is 15 grand. So for a B C license, you require 60 grand. Salary is the 30 grand. For a B license, you require 1 lakh 20,000, but the salary is not more than 60. For an A license, you require 3 lakhs and the salary is not more than 70, 80,000. So how do you expect somebody of that license to get the next license if his salary, he has to save for three months just to take an exam of that exam. Yeah, I had conversations with Coach uh, Pinto about this and he shared the, the journey. It's very, very hard. What did Belgium do? Belgium made licenses so bloody easy to get and so cheap mm. that even their gym teachers had one. They produced 5,000 B licenses in three years and because of them producing 5,000 licenses, within 10 years, they're number one. In mm. India, we have not more than 500 B licenses. Forget about, and Belgium has 5,000. Japan has 30,000 B licenses. And we expect with the coaches we have to get there, it's not going to happen. So what I, again, so what did I do? I tweeted three months ago, the same time when I made this offer, I tweeted to AFM. I'm willing to do coaching licenses for free here. Come take the offer up for all A and B licenses because I've got classrooms, grounds, khana, pina, rena, that means food, stay, everything will be taken care of and it will be sponsored by me. Make sure you don't charge more than 5,000 rupees for an A license or a B license and come and start producing them by the dozens here. And imagine how accessible you'll make it. Wow. They didn't take it because that's the way they earn money. You're giving me such an insight. I knew some of it. I'd heard about some of it, but uh, not to this extent. Um, like I said, I, you know, I could talk to you every single week and learn more and more. Uh, but I was learned so much today. But also, you gave me an insight before we started recording about the amazing work that's been happening um, in the past few days in the camps. Tell us a little bit about what's happening there. Um, in our camps? Yeah. You've been uh, having um, recruitment trials. days. Yeah, we're having trials in the, for the Delhi FC team. Um, we are the first probably club in India who's having trials right now. We, uh, we did it in Delhi. We had an amazing response. We had, uh, we've shortlisted five boys from Delhi out of 500. We had 400 here. We shortlisted four from here. Now we're going to Calcutta and five different venues. We're doing it there. Then when Manipur government allows, then we're going to be going to Manipur and doing that. So we are making sure that we go even for a state level team, which has got, so the, always the aim is going to be for the second division. So the team I'm creating is going to be for the second division and we are going all over and uh, getting all the people who have not been able to get a platform to get here. So that's why we're getting mm -hmm. an amazing. And we are making sure, see the, 
what we are showing people is that if you have google forms you give each person a time you make leeway for being late do everything and you call people in batches of 20 for every 2 hours you can even take 200 in the whole day and you can do it and it's been done successfully so you have to have social distancing you have to start living you can't just stop it because some of these boys probably will get an income from here and run their family or it's a difference of them doing some petty work and earning yeah. day to day yeah no it's amazing what you're doing and the response uh, just shows uh the interest in the sport we have they just need backing and it's good job we've got you as well there giving them that uh what are your plans for the uh, ladies team in himanchal long term so uh they're just going to announce when the league is so once they've announced their plans that means for the season is they announce the season plans at the beginning of season 3 months before the league we're going to be starting our trials and we'll be selecting the, the himachal already were the under 17 girls champions uh this year and they had girls from himachal and haryana so those girls are definitely going to come on because we want to be giving all the local girls a chance and they do and they have a few girls from punjab and from chandigarh and from delhi we're going to include and a lot of girls from northeast who want to come on board as well so it's going to be a solid team and hopefully we'll be playing in the indian women's league by next year oh wow that soon yeah yeah i mean yeah, yeah. because eight league is going to be there and we hope to win it and so if is- we are winning in the women's league Yeah absolutely and is the plan that the academy in uh, uh, Chandigarh will be supporting both Delhi and Anchal yeah. or um, because of this campus we have here we can't replicate this facility anywhere yeah. it's not so cheap main, so the main teams will always be living here and training here and mm-hmm. we'll be running our main camps the paid camps in those facilities in the other state cities Wow, that is amazing, and the fact that you're doing um, not only incredible work for Delhi and the future of Delhi football, and like I said, I've spoken to the guys there, and they are amazing guys. And uh, to have you as their backing, uh, it, that is, uh, I can only see that club being the ISL if they stick to the uh, the uh, the plan of uh, promotion and relegation. And also the amazing work with the Manchester. I was not aware of that work at all, but thank you so much for sharing that with us. initiative now 3 weeks ago of uh, a month 15th of august we launched it and yesterday in fact all the membership cards have gone out the association of football clubs and academies in india we earlier we had a players association which is uh, associated to fifth pro fifa pro then we have uh, aifc which is the all india football uh, coaches association but the people who employ these two people there was no real association for them and that's what we've come up with the response of god is amazing we already have 250 clubs and academies who are members that's more than the clubs and academies who are affiliated to the iff this is not meant for isl or i league clubs yes we've got two i league clubs gokulam and chennai and both the owners are really good friends of mine so they are members it's meant actually for the grassroots clubs and academies who don't know who to turn to for example you're a grassroots academy in manipur in a small village and you don't have a social media page so you contact us we make a social media page for you we make your logo for you they want to apply for their accreditation we do it for you and then they want to actually have a make a ground so we tell them what grass to use where to get that for for free oh, wow uh, so and then they say okay we don't have a a license coach we want a license lessons so we get our a license coach to record lessons send it to them so they just have to copy those lessons and they're being trained by an a license coach right there so anything they need but for free so that money should not stop them growing again development will only happen when the 
football see the even if it's a messi or if it's a ronaldo when you are five or six you will go to the nearest academy you mm. have okay what india does is for getting trials they go to the capitals of the country and then you expect the best boys suppose you're an 11 year old i as an 11 year old even though i'm from a good family uh, middle class good family i didn't have 100 rupees also on me but it costs to get to the capital 500 to go back 500 and then they have trial fees of 500 so no 11 year old will ever spend that money so you are basically saying you are selecting all your junior best boys from the capitals and that's those academies at the bottom level are not being able to given a chance to succeed so making making sure afsi so the all we even got a volunteer section so basically we've got 50 graphic designers who are volunteers so they are interns so what they do is a uh, club comes to us and say we have no uh, social media we give it we hand it over to him he makes it for them he makes it grow and then when he goes to an isl club they ask him what is your experience or body of work which nobody has and he has a body of work and experience to show look from from zero i got 5000 followers engagement i've done all this this is my body of work oh. the same thing so it's it's a win win for everyone we're yeah. getting the right touch for the right people well mr bajaj i know it's very late there um i don't know how i'm going to thank you for allowing me this much time to share with you and uh, talking to you Sure, Just w- sure. w- one little thing. I-, I don't know if if you gave yourself this tag or was it the media, the rebellious one? Oh, this is this is the media. <laughs> but if, it, if, but if, it, if it was you, please continue to be rebellious. Um, uh, that- I think it it it's the passion and the commitment and your love for the game it came across to me today. Your thoughts on how it should be developed, I agree with. I think that's the way to go. And um, it, it might sometimes feel to you that you're a lone person fighting there. But um, I'm going to put my uh, neck on the line and say you've got a supporter for what it's worth here in Leicester. And um, keep fighting. And uh, a lot, bro. It means a lot. Especially sitting all the way in Leicester. You know about my story. You know about the work we're doing. That means it's it's making a difference. So. And, I hope we can uh, keep in touch because I want to continue learning about the incredible work you're doing and um I will be angry if we don't so we have to keep in touch in fact it'll be a pleasure and we can keep doing this because I mean I would love to even come on and do one with you for cricket because oh. and talk about, talk about all the boys who I have right now in the IPL so this this boy called Sajinder Singh Dillo who's not been tested yet in he was he opened with Mumbai with Tendulkar for a year um I mean for four matches they didn't test him out and here so if he gets a chance somebody to look out for gurkirat man he's been playing a long time yeah. and he's my manan mora uh, shubman gill is already showing his class so we can talk about that and then anything else you have uh, to talk about for example i would love to tell you about my my views on why the difference between danny bath and sandesh jingan is nothing except sandesh jingan was born in india and danny bath was born there if sandesh jingan was born there and danny bath was born here Danny Bath would be playing in the ISL and Sandesh Jingan would be playing in the Premier League. Proof. Sapreet Singh. Sapreet Singh, a New Zealand boy, under-17 boy, came for the World Cup here playing for New Zealand, now playing for Bayern Munich. Yeah. No, 100%. And um, like I said, thank you so much. Uh, keep rebelling and um, hopefully so we'll much. keep in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.